This is A Drink with a Friend. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. And I'm Seth Haynes. Seth, what are you drinking this afternoon? Well, uh, as we record this, it's been a very busy and hectic day for me. I have eaten one Cliff Bar, and it's closer to two in the afternoon than it is to seven in the morning when I normally eat. Um, and so I'm feeling a little bit, um, I don't know, just lethargic, I guess. Um, and so I'm drinking my athletic greens and it's really good. And when we're finished, I'm going to eat some lunch. Good for you. All right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, cool. I'm enjoying, still enjoying my athletic greens. Still think it's pretty much the best investment I've ever made. And if they nice. would like to sponsor the show, I would not turn them down. We welcome that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Atish, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking some good coffee after I feel like several weeks of not good coffee, just mediocre at best. We kind of just hit this run of like we kept buying subpar coffee at the grocery store or at, you know, other places. And so I just went straight to the source. I walked to 309 this weekend, got our GTX blend from Dave and Karen's shop. You know what? I They were swamped. It was our Christmas mm. on the square kind of thing. So I couldn't ask anybody, what's the blend? And so I don't know what beans are in it, but it's really good. It's just a basic medium roast blend. And it's lovely to have good old fashioned coffee again after um, bad. I don't know. It just tasted expired or ro- over roasted or something. Coffee. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you drink a particular blend so much that it just kind of gets... I don't know. It's like your taste buds are like, Ugh, I don't, I'm yeah. not down with this. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It happens like, and then you'll take a break for a little bit and then come back to it and it's money. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is just a good, stable, like both Kyle and I drink it. We like it. It wakes us up in the morning. And like you said, it's almost two and I've got a lot of teachery things to do today. It's the season where we've got like events after school for the yes. holidays. And it's, yes. I mean, parents, for, I'm wearing my parent hat and my teacher hat, so yep. I know listeners know what I'm talking about. It's too so, much, man. Coffee it much. is. Yeah, okay. Coffee, let's bring it on. So we thought it'd be fun. We've done a couple installments of this type of topic where we're just going back and forth and sharing uh, kind of what we like to end all shows on, which is things that are adding some beauty to our lives. But instead of just waiting to the end, we're just going to park there and make this whole chat about that. So kind of going back and forth with whatever is just bringing a little more joy in our lives right now. Do you want to start us off with something? I would love to start us off with something. And I was kind of thinking this through the lens of sort of the year in review. I mean, I know it's not New Year's. It's when most people do that kind of stuff. But it is December. And I did have a big year of reading things and thinking things, listening to things, attending things. Um, And, you know, not all of those things did we talk about here. And I don't know why. It's Mm -hmm. really weird. Looking back, I'm like, did that happen during the break? And so I'm going to start with a very non-holiday thing. Okay. That I'm about 92% sure we did not talk about on the show, which is uh, the show, the Netflix original Sweet Tooth. Did we talk about this? We, I, if we did, it was in passing, but um, we didn't get into it. My, we have watched some, but not all of this series. So tell, tell us more. So for us, I think, you know, one, it, it seems like everything that's like show related, it, it's like, these days, it feels like it's either like too kiddish 
or it's too adult, right? There's no like really good middle ground. And, um, you know, even thinking through things like, you know, YA fiction or, or adaptations of YA YA fiction, um, into movies or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, we, it just don't feel like we've had that much in the last few years. Like where's the last Harry Potter thing that's come out, you know, (laughs) that we can all watch as a family and all enjoy. Right. Um, this was that for Mm -hmm. us. It was the thing that we could totally get into. It wasn't too, you know, kiddish. Um, so it didn't turn off our older ones and it wasn't too, uh, or it didn't turn off the younger ones or the older ones. And it wasn't too adult so that like Titus couldn't watch it. I didn't have to feel bad about what was going to happen next. Or I didn't have to like be afraid of what was going to happen next. Right. And that's a really good feeling as a parent. It's so rare. Um, I always feel like we're watching shows with like one finger on the fast forward button, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like the worst feeling in the world. Then if you miss something, you're like, Oh, I've totally scarred my kids for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So um, this is a show. Uh, it's set in a dystopian future, wherein all of the children, or many of the children born after a certain date, have these characteristics that are part animal and part human. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's this whole story of this boy who's part again animal. I won't give up too much, but he's on a uh, a quest uh, to find his mother, and it's a it's sort of an adventure. Um, it's a really beautiful story. I think everyone should yeah. watch it if they have it. Well, and I believe it's based on a series of graphic novels. So if that's your style, you'd probably really like the show because totally it sounds true. a little far fetched, but it, it's it kind of has that superhero mutant quality that I that we in our household really like. Yeah, and it holds firm to that sort of comic booky feel. Like when you're watching it, you feel like you're watching a comic book unfold, which is. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. So I I think that's my number one. That's my number one. And you know what? That's really a good idea because um, it it is so rare to find good shows like that. We subscribed to VidAngel uh, this Labor Day, just kind of a three-month trial to see if it was worth the money. Um, And so we've watched a few shows because, um, honestly, what almost feels better than kid-made shows are – adult made shows with a lot of filters on and it's still so hard, you know, because uh, at least the storylines are compelling and more interesting, but uh, you know, like we're watching the last kingdom on there and it it makes episodes like 10 minutes long because there's it, you know, it's about Vikings. And so all these heads are falling off and, and so they they cut all this out and it's like, well, I guess somebody died and we missed it. So we'll just have to assume. Well, hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, but you don't have to do that with this one. That's the good news. So Tish, what is your uh, first uh, foray into uh, something that's making your life more beautiful? Well, I am definitely leaning a little bit into the holidays for my list just because I can and because it's that time of year and I'll probably think a little more year in review, uh, very soon, perhaps in our next uh, conversation, perhaps on my newsletter. I don't know yet. But for me right now, um, the first thing is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. So it is not anything new. Um, but the new to me medium for consuming the story that I know very well is the audiobook available only on Audible narrated by Hugh Grant. So- oh, wow. I love that guy. I do, too. When I first saw his name on it, I was afraid it would sound a little too posh. You know, he's kind of a hoity-toity Brit. 
but he actually does a fantastic job with all the voices and the characters and and getting the nuances of the different ghosts and of Scrooge and just he captures the spirit of all the characters really well. It's not even three hours long. It's a very short listen. We're reading it for my class. It's, you know, apropos this time of year for a, a school year doing British Lit. So um, it's just fun to re-listen to something that I have read probably 10 times. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite stories. You know, it's a great foray into Dickens if you've wanted to read him or maybe since high school wanted to read him, but you don't feel like reading a 40-chapter a book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really short – it's a novella. And it's got a really great backstory to it, um, which I'll probably talk about in a minute in an, uh, one of my other things to add to my list. But yeah, so the audiobook by Hugh Grants, uh, thumbs up from my end. What I hear you saying is it's no uh, Great Expectations or Bleak House. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite the opposite of those. Um, those were not my favorite, and I know they're not your favorite either. Yeah, fun fact for the listeners. Um, I hate Great Expectations. It's a worthless novel. It should be thrown in every copy. It should be thrown uh, in the uh, Grand Canyon, uh, doused, <laughs> you know, those planes that like put out forest fires. They need to yeah. fill one of those with kerosene, douse the books with kerosene, and then lights them on fire. Well, and what's unfortunate is that that is the book so many English teachers pick for high school. I know. And it, it's, it, it is it's unfortunate. not a good idea. <laughs> it's terrible. And yeah. you know, I asked my mom did this. She was a high school literature teacher. And I asked her this question. I'm like, why did you not pick Tale of Two Cities? Right. That's um, the best one. And she had no answer for that. Right. Mom, right. come on, man. <laughs> Tale of Two Cities is definitely best. I like A Christmas Carol too, because it's not intimidating for kids who would otherwise yeah. be intimidated. So yep. yeah. Yep. Good choice. Okay. So what's next on your list? Well, this is uh, a little bit out of left field, but it happened last night. I um, So yesterday was sort of a feast day for those of us who count ourselves as uh, Catholic. And um, I did not go too much into the feast day because, you know, hate mail. But anyway, um, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And um, we were uh, – there was a, a, a woman who led the singing. I don't know who she is. Don't know where she was from. Hmm. She looked like she might have been about 13, but she sang like she was about 35. Okay. So I'm not really sure how old she is, hmm. but she had an amazing voice. And um, as she led us through the hymns last night, um, which which felt very particular to the season, in fact. I mean, these were some some Miriam hymns. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like you were listening to somebody talk about, um, you know, the, the mother sort of making her way through the Advent season, but it was, it was really beautiful and sung by a woman, I think maybe made it even better, but it really just slowed me down. And I think, you know, you know, I've been working probably a little too much and, um, I've been kind of grinding today at that pace too, where my head's just going a hundred miles an hour. Um, and it was really nice to just have a place to slow down and sit and let music sort of wash over me for an hour along with the rest of the mass, but it was really the music that really was effective to me last Mm -hmm. night. So, um, so I would say, yeah, like as cheesy as this sounds church. Yeah, no, that, that's not cheesy at all. There's something I feel like that feels a little thinner, you know, uh, by going to mass this time of year during Advent, during Lent, there's just, there's something that's soul stirring. So I think it's a great reminder for all of us, you know, no matter your persuasion. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Agreed. Agreed. I like it. 
I like it. So what's your uh, what's your number two? All right. I'm going to go with a new album. Uh, Porter's Gate is a music collective. I wouldn't call them a band because they're all independent artists. Yet every now and then they get together and create an album. And they just released a new one for Advent. And it's just called Advent Songs. And it's really good. If you like the playlist that I include in Shadow and Light, if that sort of music is your, you know, tickles your fancy, you would like this. In fact, you know, had this album came out, come out before that book was published, I would probably add a song or two from it. So um, I've just been playing it between that and my playlist. It's been fantastic. It's only 10 songs. It's a short listen. I think the longest song isn't even, I think it's like four and a half minutes. Um, and they're just, it, they've got great voices. Liz Weiss is in it a lot, who I love. Um, Paul Zach is in it, who I love. Paige CXVI is in it. And just really great theologically rich, meaningful, contemplative music. Um, so if you're a bit sick of the Let It Snow and the Jingle Bells and the Last Christmas that you're hearing at Home Depot, because I am, um, give this album a, a little run because it's just really lovely music. And I'm a big fan of new holiday music that's not new, uh, not modernized, I think, you know. So, so really, where the, really well where done. Are the, where are these people from? Do you know? I mean, is this like, do you know them? Let's How did see, you find them? Liz Weiss, she was on a podcast of mine that I did, like a, a limited run podcast I did called Women's Work a few years ago. And she was based in New York City. I believe uh, a lot of these musicians are based in Brooklyn or New York City, from what I understand. Yeah. Why uh, Why Porter's Gate? What's the porter? Who's the I porter? No, actually. I should look into that. That is... A good question. I don't know, but maybe I'll I'll look into this while we're um, chatting here. I'm here for the questions. That's what I. That's yeah. what I do. I ask questions for a living. <laughs> you stumped me. That's all um, I do. Yeah, but it, it really is good. I think you would like this music. It's it's quiet, and I like that this time of year. Um, I do like Porter's quiet. Gate. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you should just make something up. Like they were all English butlers in training <laughs> or something. Um, okay let's see so they've got their advent songs album before this there was the lament songs that was very good um justice songs neighbor songs let me see i gosh they're not saying what it means maybe we're all just supposed to figure you know guess i think we just guess and figure out why they're called porter's gate because i don't know i bet you could google that and there would be some rational reason for you know calling what? themselves Porter's Gate. I'm I think sure that's, they didn't just make this up. Yeah. No, no. That's, that's I was thinking the other day. I was in this, I used to be in this band, um, this like praise and worship band in my teenage years called uh, Jacob's Well. It mm. seemed like a thing that we did all back in the 90s. We created these like collectives <laughs> that had these like two part names like Jacob's Well or Porter's Gate Porter's or Caden's Gate. Call. Did you take a band photo where you were all like standing on rocks in different places and looking off contemplatively? That, that like you did happen, but I was not uh, associated with them at that time. And if I had been, I would not have been in the photo. I would have refused. <laughs> Got it. Because that stuff's for real serious cheesy. It, it is, always has it been. Is. And we knew it was when it was happening. That was the weird thing about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's kind of like uh, it was. It was kind of like uh, frosted tips. Yeah, man, torn jeans, frosted tips, Birkenstocks—that whole late '90s era. That was a thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
All right. What's your next uh, thing that's adding more beauty to your life these days? So here's a, a little bit of a confession. Do you know Ryan Holiday? Yeah, he lives here. Does he in Austin? He does. Yeah, I outside used to of think town that, on land. Mm-hmm. I I thought that guy was so full of crap once upon a time. Uh, and here's why I thought that. Yeah, because if you have you looked at his monthly uh, email about what he reads in a month. I have. It's been several years, but I remember it was an absurdly inhuman amount of reading. It's right? an absurdly inhuman amount of books. And in yeah. fact, our mutual friend Ann Bogle one time, I told her, I think he's a liar. And <laughs> she was like, I get it, but I don't think he is. And I think she right. had some sort of mutual connection with him that affirmed that, in fact, he was not a liar. And I've been sort of accidentally listening to to him uh lately because you know how algorithms are and i'm getting all my last like algorithm hits in before the beginning of next year yeah. when i'm going on an audacious uh trip so yeah. to speak that's right but um so you know he kind of ended up and he you know he, ta- he ended up in my algorithm he's talking about the stoics and all of this and um the dude has some really amazing stuff to say i don't know if he's a liar or not but if he is he's my kind of liar you know what i'm saying no. Yeah, he no, he's legit, I think. And he's one I think the reason you feel this way, because I feel this way too, is I want to not like him. Like he seems yeah, like one of those yeah. just stoic bros who are really into philosophers and try to sound deep, but really you're like 30 years old and what do you know? You don't have kids and you sleep on a mattress and have three shirts. But he's not like that, I don't think. Like no, he, he actually seems has kids. To practice what he preaches. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the other thing about it. It's like the truth is, if I'm being really honest with my ego, like I want to not like him because I want to be able to read that much and I don't have the time. And mm-hmm. so I say things like nobody could read that much. Well, that dude reads that much. That's yeah. just all there is to it. So yeah. word to you, Ryan Holiday, if you ever run across this uh, podcast snippet. But anyway, on um, his sort of, I guess, I don't know, recommendation or on one of the things that he, you know, a long time ago, I ran across this thing and he was, it's probably three years ago, he's extolling uh, the virtues of Marcus Aurelius's uh, meditations. I had bought a copy of it. I'd never read it. Didn't have to read it. Didn't take a, a college philosophy class. Didn't read it in high school. So I had a copy of it on my shelf. And a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, um, he pops up in my algorithm. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder whatever happened to the, to the meditations. Because I did not read it when I uh, bought it. Uh, so I went to the bookshelf and I pulled it down. And I started reading it. And man, alive. That is some good stuff. Hmm. it's kind of changed the way I look at the world. And part of the truth is I was telling Amber this last night. I was like, you know, I don't think a realist is saying anything that isn't in, you know, any holy text, right? The Bible, you know, whatever holy text you want to uh, pull from, but there's something about hearing it from a different source in a different way. That's like, Oh yeah, that's actually true. You're actually tapping into the wisdom of the universe on that one. Yeah. Um, Right. And you can find corollaries to it all throughout scripture. And so, I don't know, man, I'm just really loving it. It's bringing a lot of uh, grounding, I think, to my thinking. Yeah. Um, and it's actually letting me sort of get rid of some things too. Just some huh. some petty ego issues. Maybe we could talk more about that in the new year. Because I think that it's it's that philosophy and way of thinking is a really good way to kick off the new year. And I honestly think there's something to the idea, you know, the, the Catholic sensibility that all truth is God's truth. Yeah. Um, I've heard Bishop Barron talk about stoicism and the Stoics and that there's a lot we can learn from them. And, and 
I think Ryan has tapped into that fairly well. So um, yeah, I, I well, get it. If we do that, maybe we should get an expert to come on and talk about uh, Stoics because uh, that ain't me. I just yeah. think this book is really good. And really I'm probably cool. going to keep, keep you know, sort of going down that line after I'm finished with it. So so which book is it again? Because he's written several and I've read a couple. Meditation. Of them well, it's not Ryan Holiday's book. It's actually Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Med- yeah, mm-hmm. his Meditations. Okay. I came this close to assigning it to my students this year. I might do it's it next Oh, year. good. You should. I am yeah. for it 100%. And we could cool. even do a um, bonus episode where um, we have one of your students come on and talk about <gasps> how amazing idea. it is. I love it. That's a good idea. So, right. yep. So that's my right. third. So what what's yeah. number three for you? Okay. Um, I sent this to you via text a few days ago. I don't know if you saw it, but I got it from my... I know where you're going. I know. I got it from my writing partner who sent it to me with all the exclamation points and all the screenshots of all the brilliance that was said. George Saunders has started a Substack, and I could not be more thrilled. So George Saunders is a creative writing professor at Syracuse. He has written some fantastic books, most recently, A Swim in the Pond in the Rain, which you turned me on to. And um, so good. So good. And it it was just really well-timed because Sarah McKenzie, my writing partner, and I were talking about the benefits and the setbacks of paying for a writing course. She just finished one. And, you know, she said the benefit is that I had to turn in pages. And so it forced me to write. And so she finished a book. The downside is a lot of times it's like, I already know this. I just need to have the accountability of button chair, um, crank out the words. And so whenever he started the Substack, and he's he's like at the time of this recording, three essays in. So this is a brand new baby here. Um, it is sounding a whole lot like his MFA program. <laughs> and I could be wrong because I've never taken his MFA program, but holy cow, does this sound so good. So um, he basically says that the plan with his Substack is to, he says, to pick up where that book left off, that book meaning A Swim in the Pond widening beyond the Russians into stories from other times and traditions. I see us working together on some essential questions like, why do certain stories compel us to finish them? Mm. How can something entirely made up change the way we think and feel about the world? What can we learn about the mind by watching it read and process a story? Mm. Uh, And then he says, increasingly, creative writing is understood to be a sort of adorable niche venture relegated mostly to MFA programs. But in my view, this underestimates the essential importance of storytelling to a culture. At present, we seem to be suffering from a widespread failure of literary imagination. We have become worse at imagining the experiences of other people, less inclined to credit these experiences as being valid and real, as real as our own. And then he goes on. And so uh, I jokingly slash entirely seriously told Sarah, well, here's my creative writing class. (laughs) I would much rather pay him 50 bucks a year for a subscription to his newsletter than I would four figures for a uh, semester long class that I have to show up for virtually. So I am so thrilled about his new sub stack. And um, I think everybody should, I mean, honestly, if you just love stories, I think you could learn from this, even if you're not a writer. Yeah. And he is, like you said, an amazing storyteller. And he's not just a storyteller. He's an amazing essayist. Uh, he's an amazing analytical mind. He's just such a good writer in general. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that makes me sort of jealous. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I has, read him and, and I think, dang it. 
Yeah, and he yeah. has this like s- s- this. S- he's so unaffected in his writing, which actually is something that I read in Marcus Aurelius, mm. who uh, was talking about like being unaffected by like pretense and the way you speech and speak and the way you write. Um, and I would say George Saunders fits that bill pretty well. I mean, I can think of like a handful of people where I'm like, "Yep, I'd I'd go to an MFA for that person alone." Yeah, maybe only two, and it would be Mary Carr and him. Oh, and they're good friends. He already talked about her some in oh, one of his. See, there you games. go. Of course, they're friends. Yeah. So of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah. And again, like going back to Mary Carr's idea about writing without decoration, like I just think it's. I just think that's who they are. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it too. So good. Okay. Do you have anything else? I really don't. I mean, that's it. I'm going to be uh, storing stuff up for the mm-hmm. new year to talk yeah. about. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. Well, I'm going to add a bonus one then because I hinted at it at the beginning. And this is all I have to you. So have you ever seen The Man Who Invented Christmas? Uh, no, I actually, I saw the, um, it was on maybe Netflix or something like it scrolled past or Hulu or one of those channels. Um, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting. It is good. It's not great. It's good though. Um, Dan Stevens, British actor, he's in Downton Abbey. If, uh, listeners know of Matthew Crawley. So he's a great actor and he plays Charles Dickens and it's a based on truth story about how he wrote a Christmas Carol um, with a little bit of fantastical elements thrown in. Um, what is his name playing Scrooge? Um, Christopher Plummer and a few That'd other good fun. characters. Yeah. And it's just a really fun story. It falls in that line of super clean, great for the kids. My kids really like it. Um, and it, it's just a nice spin on things. If you're kind of Christmas caroled out, like if you've seen the Muppets, if you've seen the George C. Scott, if you've seen all of them and you like them, but you just probably can't take one more. Um, this is a nice like behind the scenes, kind of the making of a Christmas carol. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm going to just toss that into our bonus list because um, as a bonus on our list, because um, it's really good. So it's oh, become kind of an annual watch for me just within the past few years. Um, and I've recommended it to my students as a kind of afterward of re- after reading it. Um, so yeah, there you go. Does uh, does a ghost make an appearance? Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. Who Victorians were super into ghosts during Christmas, and it's still something I quite I don't quite understand. Like, what was their fascination with ghosts all the time? But especially mm. during Christmas, so weird. I mean, anyway. to take it back uh, to take it back to the Stoics, maybe it was a memento mori thing. Probably. There was probably some connection to that, to be honest. Yeah. People, yeah, you never knew when you were going to die in the Victorian era. So, you ne- well, well, here's the truth you never know when you're uh-huh. going to die in this era. On that you know happy what? note. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, on that note, that's a great time to wrap up our very mm-hmm. special Christmas edition of A Drink with a Friend. So, um, let's just end there on a high note. You can find this episode as well as all episodes at adrinkwithafriend.com. As always, support what we are doing here by picking up a round of drinks. You can do that with the link in the show notes of this episode or at adrinkwithafriend.com. And thank you again, Mm, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are great. Uh, You can find me and how to connect with me at tishoxenwriter.com. Seth, how about you? They can find me at sethhaines.com. All right. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. Editing is by Kyle Oxenrider. And I'm Tish Oxenrider with Seth Haynes. And we will be back here with you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>